You listen to me. You're Nick fucking... Wow, Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob and I'm joined as always by Cat Valor. Cat, how you doing? Doing good, how are you? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. We're going to be talking about the 1995 film Leaving Las Vegas today. And before we get to that, though, we'll jump into Nick Cage news. And I don't know if you have anything, Cap, but there's not a lot. Um, at least not yeah, that I, I saw. I did week. see in his new movie, The Surfer has officially wrapped. So he is done with uh, filming on that. But other than that, I didn't see anything else. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really see a lot either. Yeah. So. Kind of a kind of a slow. I guess after the big bombshell um, last week of I'm quitting movies, this week just nothing. <laughs> my my fear is that we're going to have a lot more nothing weeks if he really does manage yeah, to quit yeah. movies. That's going to be yeah. The Nick Cage news segment is going to get much much shorter than than normal if he uh, if he doesn't quit making movies. Um, although apparently. He, um, it looks like he very specifically worded he's done with film acting because he's still interested in a television show. I would, I, I have hopes for the television show. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for Nick Cage news. Nothing really surfer. It's wrapped. Don't know when it's coming out or anything else. Still don't even know the exact release date for dream scenario, to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like it's out, but like in limited release. I, I was gonna say, I think Dream Scenario is out, but yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, November tenth, so it's been out for a minute now. Um, but it's slowly. It looks like it's slowly expanding. It's not playing anywhere near me. I know that. Yeah, it's. I have not seen it anywhere close. So yeah. Um, otherwise, I would have seen it because it, it looks terrific, but. Anyway, yeah, so it's it's out there and it, it looks like it's rolling out. Hopefully it'll it'll come play somewhere near here eventually. Um all right, uh do you want to talk about 1995's Leaving Las Vegas? Uh I want nothing more than to talk about 1995's Leaving Las Vegas. We're going to let you go. Okay. Okay. What are you going to do now? I thought I'd move out to Las Vegas. My heart is crying, crying. I just need some cash tonight. Please, don't drink it in here. Ben wasn't looking for a fresh start. Five hundred. Five hundred dollars for a 93 Rolex Daytona. I'll do it. He wasn't looking for any trouble. I was wondering if you would buy me a drink. Do you mind if I buy her a drink? <sighs> and he wasn't trying to fall in love. I really wish you'd come home with me. You're so cute. And I'm really good and bad, too, believe me. No? Okay. But now, on the road to nowhere, he's about to take a detour. Hi! Are you working? Working? What do you mean working? I'm walking. It's pretty funny. If you'll come to my room for one hour, I will give you $500. Now I'm gonna love you. I'm Ben. I'm Sarah. So brings you to Las Vegas. I came here to drink myself to death. Why don't you stay at my place? Okay. This is the home of an angel. 
Are you okay? Of course. Wow, you look extremely beautiful. I do. Let's get a drink! I want you to see a doctor. Both know I'm a drunk. <coughs> Nurse! Then I know what you do. Is this a full night's work? I hope you understand that I'm a person who is totally at ease with this. I was really worried about how that would be. No, I'm not. Nicholas Cage. I am not here to force my twisted soul into your life. I'm in love with you. Elizabeth Shue. I need you. I love you. United Artist Pictures presents a romance as unexpected as love itself. Cosmopolitan magazine raves, Nicolas Cage is electrifying. Vogue calls Elizabeth Shue's performance a career-changing revelation. And Rex Reed exclaims, Cage and Shue are heartbreaking and honest in Oscar-caliber performances. I like it here with you. Let's stay for a while. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas uh, was released on, well, it actually has two release dates, uh, and, and oddly enough, um, in two years. Um, October 27th, 1995, it went into limited release, and then wide release February 9th, 1996. I'm guessing they did that um, to get it into uh, its Oscar qualifying run uh, before releasing it in February. Um, but anyway, uh, regardless, it's, uh, it had a budget of, uh, it's listed weirdly on Wikipedia as three and a half to 4 million. So somewhere in that range. Okay. Um, and it's over overall box office was $49.8 million. Um, this of course is the movie that Nicholas Cage won the Academy Award for, for best actor. It's based on a 1990 semi-autobiographical novel by John O'Brien, um, John O'Brien died by suicide April in April of 1994, shortly after finding out that the novel was going to be turned into a movie. Um, and the only other interesting thing that I saw about this movie uh, was the research that Nicolas Cage did for his role. He spent two oh, no. weeks binge drinking in Dublin, and he had a friend videotape him so he could study his speech patterns. <laughs> uh can you imagine being an actor? I just sometimes <laughs> I hear these stories and it's like I imagine going to my friends and being like, "Hey, <laughs> could you do me a favor? <laughs> I'm going to get like fucking blackout drunk yeah. for a couple weeks. I just need you to film me." <laughs> That's what I it's it's not even so much about being the actor. Being an actor's friend has got to be a, a, an interesting experience. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, be. Nick. Let's go to Dublin for a couple weeks. <laughs> So um, that that was how he prepared for for this role. Um, that's all I've got for um, sort of background on leaving Las Vegas. Um, what do you think of Nicolas Cage in this movie? I really liked Nicolas Cage in this movie. Mm -hmm. All that drinking paid off. It, uh, yeah, whatever he did, <laughs> uh, we can make fun of the process, but it it was worth it to. Uh, I, so I was a little bit worried. I I went in. I'm glad that I knew that we weren't getting like full wild crazy Nick Cage in this, uh, because yeah. I do feel like I I had the potential to be you know I not disappointed, but I I think I could have set my expectations too high. But yeah. I think he did as much crazy off the wall Nicolas Cage stuff as what made sense in the role. 
Um, and the rest, and even that was like, it, he was very grounded in this. Like, it was a very captivating, but also very believable performance from Nick Cage. This is yeah. one of his better, I, and you know, I, I can say that it's one of his better things. Obviously, everyone agrees with me on this. <laughs> he won the Academy Award for it. But yeah. like, I do think this is, as of now, one of the best ones we've seen. Yeah, this one, um, the interesting thing is, I, I, when we, mentioned this movie last time i told you it's it's not a, a crazy off the wall performance as i was watching the movie there's a little more crazy in it than i remembered there being but it all sort of fits within the character right i mean he's playing a drunk so of course there's going to be some crazy that comes out um <laughs> a, along the way but yeah he's obviously he's really good he won the academy award they don't just give those to anybody um and uh yeah it's it, it's um it's a really captivating performance, I think, from him, and he plays it. He plays it really well, and you can see the slow decline in his performance of the character's health and everything else as he goes as he goes through the the movie. So, yeah, I really, really liked him in this uh, in this film. But um, what do you think of the movie overall, though? I really enjoyed the movie overall. There were uh, it. And we're going to cycle back around to this, I'm sure, when I get to scores. It is not the kind of movie that I necessarily would choose to watch. Uh, just it, it made me feel a lot of things. And I think it was very good at what it was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did. It bummed me out. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like, and I know that's what it was trying to do. So it's hard to be like. I don't like it. It was a terrible movie because it was sad. Like it was really, really phenomenal. And I was so invested in it. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a rough watch. Yeah. It, it, it's a little tough. Um, I like this movie a lot. I mentioned before that this was at one point in time, my favorite movie of all time. Um, and I, you know, it still holds up really well for me. There were a few things that, that I kind of maybe didn't like so much about it. Um, watching it uh today for the first time in in a long long time uh but yeah i think the emotional punch is still there and this is the kind of film that i will choose to watch um a lot i like stories about um people who sort of live on the fringe and and are broken in some way that find each other and uh, and form some sort of bond um and you don't often get happy endings with those kind of stories uh because any and when you do usually it's because the movie's not any good and it feels like a cop-out (laughs) um so uh so this movie is is without a doubt the kind of film that that really appeals to me and you know what i don't mind feeling sad it's fine i will say i'm very interested in the book because this is the kind of book that i choose to read (laughs) uh but i yeah i felt i felt a lot i think the performances were really incredible and you know i can complain about being sad i can be like i wouldn't choose to make myself sad but I'm really glad that they didn't come out on the end because I yeah. would have been pissed. Like, you're right. It's just, it's not that kind of story. Right. You know? I mean, you get these kind of movies sometimes and then they get the happy ending. And what's the happy ending look like? Like he quits drinking and gets a job and they get married and live happily ever after. That's a, no, I don't want to watch no. that. That's bullshit. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this ending is, I mean, this movie does the character of Ben does exactly what he tells you he's going to do at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I I wondered about it too. I don't know if it's just because 
I am so used to seeing movies that do kind of cop out, but it was one of those things. I, I did check the runtime a couple times. Um, and part of it, I will say this felt like kind of a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, probably because you are sad. I felt all two hours of this one. Um, okay. but I, I will, and it's hard to say that it's like there is a lot of fat on this movie because I think it was all important for establishing stuff. It just, it did feel kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I will say I, I was kind of impressed a couple times because I, I checked the runtime and it was like, they are spending a lot of time setting up them being fat if they're gonna turn this around (laughs) like i i think i checked it two or three times and ever like but every time i checked it it was a little bit more like yeah they're really committing to this like it's not gonna get better yeah like i I think around the halfway mark i was like yeah this is gonna i'm gonna feel bad at the end i think i think that's a testament to the to the uh the two basically i mean the main characters in this movie there are other characters but it's really just these two um yeah for the most part and i think uh you know we talked about nicholas cage and the fantastic performance he turns it elizabeth shoe's amazing in this movie too so good and um i think there there's a real believability to the relationship that they have and so yeah there's a real sense of uh, you you think because you're conditioned of of seeing movies that oh they're going this is they're going to get their happily ever after, right? And but that's not what this movie sets out to do, and it's not what it does. <laughs> um, and I, it's interesting that you say that you felt uh, the two hour runtime because I didn't at all. I, I uh, going into it, I was like, oh, two hours, man. I don't remember it being a two hour movie. And then when I sat down to watch it, to me, it didn't feel like a two hour movie at all. Saying that I felt all of it might have been kind of a mischaracterization because I was very sucked in at times, but like it, it was, it was kind of, it was a weird experience. There was some dissonance because it was one of those things I'd be really, really invested in what was going on, but then there was a different part of my brain that was aware that like I still had a lot to go, you know? And it was like, so I think in between scenes, like, I I think all of the times I checked, it was like in transitions, Mm -hmm. you know, where it was like, we, I'd be super invested in a scene and then we'd go to move on to something else. And I'd be like, God, how much longer do we have? Like, cause it just, and the, the narrative structure of this one is also really interesting because you don't quite like, they tell you right at the beginning, you know, this is where we're going with the story, but I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really know where it was going. Like, so there was just kind of this, like, I don't know how long it's going to take us to resolve this. And I, I was a little bit worried that they would actually run out of time just because of how slow the setup was. Like, right. And yeah. they didn't because it it doesn't really like it, it. It technically resolves itself, but it doesn't really have that like <laughs> we're gonna fix things, right? Yeah, um, arc that I was. <laughs> yeah, no, there's never any real point in this movie at any time where the characters decide they're going to try to change or fix their situation or fix one another. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that that idea or thought barely comes up at all. Um, which is, I think, really interesting uh, of the movie. It's it, it's an interesting choice. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting about this movie is we get these looks in what I assume are um, Elizabeth Shue's characters' therapy sessions or something. 
I was going to ask you about that because I think as a framing device, it's absolutely fascinating, but mm-hmm. also I wasn't sure I understood it because yeah. I thought at the end we were going to, I, I thought maybe therapy would be a little bit too obvious, uh, because they are framed like therapy sessions. And I kept waiting for there to be like a reveal at the end where we find out like who she is talking to, yeah, you know, no. like, does she end up alone? Does she have another partner? She's recounting this to like, I, I, I thought there was going to be like some kind of like, Oh, moment with that. A- and then they're just like, it's not confirmed really. No. I mean, they, I was they, like, Oh, <laughs> I've always just assumed they were therapy sessions, but I don't know. Because like you said, we, we don't get an answer to that. And it's in everything, like, I think almost all of the shots when, when we see that are just framed as like close-ups, like tight close-ups of her face. Yeah. Like, you don't even see like the surrounding, like what kind of room she's in or, or really anything else. Um, I think there might be one where she's laying down. Um, it was really interesting though. Yeah. And, and I think, so I thought, well, it, it would be, it's an interesting device for us to get into the head of the character and, and to know what she's thinking at various times throughout the story, um, mm-hmm. which I like. And I wondered if that wasn't, you know, um, because you can do that in a novel very easily. You can tell us what your characters are thinking, but you can't so much in a movie. It's, it's a difficult thing to work in, but I can't imagine the novel is told from her point of view. That would be interesting if it was, but yeah, I, I can't imagine. No, I mean, it's just from what I, I've never read the novel. I don't know much about it, but it, it was written by a dude and it was written semi-autobiographical. So it, it has to be from Ben's point of view. I Do would think. you think that the movie could be a response to the novel where it's like that was his point of view and the movie kind of intentionally follows her more? I mean, it could be. It could be. I don't know. I mean, you know, if they're going to let us into a character's head using that kind of device, it has to be her. Yeah. Because, because Ben's head is scrambled. I mean, there's, <laughs> and, and we kind of know what's in his head at any given time because he just says it because he's blackout drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was, it's an interesting device. And I don't, I mean, I don't have the, the answers to any of these questions, really. I, it just, I, I think it's an interesting way to to frame that stuff um i will say you talked about not having a lot of fat and and i agree for the most part if they were going to cut anything they could have saved a little bit of time by cutting out the whole yuri stuff yeah we didn't need that really no i mean it gives us a little bit of her history but you know she's a prostitute walking the streets of las vegas we know her history is not great you know that's the thing is like i think having him be i i liked the i liked where she was talking about him this is this is wild because usually it's the opposite around there's like that big screenplay writing 101 where it's like you show you don't tell but Mm -hmm. this movie was very much the opposite like i really liked the scenes i really liked the framing scenes where she was telling um i could have seen less of yeah like because i that didn't it we got that from context, like from what she had said and how she had talked about their relationship. And when he was such a big figure, like we spent so much time with him in the beginning that I thought he was going to come back around and he didn't really. And, right. uh, you know, just from context, we could kind of tell where, <laughs> where she was at in life. Like you right. said, like we, we knew yeah. she wasn't having the best time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that we we really needed him in here. I mean, it, it's fine. It does give us a little bit of her 
backstory and, and stuff. And we don't get a lot of her backstory. We don't get a lot of Ben's backstory either. We know he's divorced. He got fired from his job, you know, but we don't really see like sort of the beginning of his descent. We're sort of tossed into the middle of it. Um, so it's all, it, it's all fine. I, you know, I, if I had, um, I did, I did, there were a few things that I noticed that, that kind of, um, bothered me about uh the movie that's watching at this time um there's a little too much coincidence for no reason yeah um like ben stops on his way to vegas he stops to get gas and he's there pumping gas and he's seeing the guys that are going to vegas to get yuri there's no real reason for that (laughs) um and then later when he's in the pawn shop yuri's also in the pawn shop but the two don't really interact in any meaningful way in the movie at all that's the only no. time their paths cross I, I don't think that's necessary yeah I, I kind of agree with you it was something i i didn't really think about it um until just now but yeah they they do kind of they're around each other a lot more than they necessarily need to be yeah because they don't interact that's the the pawn shop is the only time nicholas cage interacts with yuri at all in the movie so I, I don't understand the point of having that there or, or why they did that. I mean, it sets it up almost as if at some point in the future, he's going to rescue, um, you know, Sarah from Yuri. But that never happens. So Yuri gets murdered. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's <laughs> it's just weird. I, I don't I don't understand. I will say it, it does add kind of a and again, I'm not sure I would have put my finger on this unless we were talking about it Mm -hmm. uh, because it's something that's like it's becoming clearer as we have this discussion but i do think it adds kind of a real sense of almost being in the right place at the right time because he never really finds out what's going on with sarah and yuri like that blatantly but he is established as the kind of guy who would have intervened Mm -hmm. if he had seen it which i i do think it's kind of like a trains passing in the night kind of interesting like aspect of the movie but yeah i'm not i'm not sure that i would have thought about it in those terms like on my own it's interesting though and and i like that we do kind of see him step into a savior role for someone else yeah you know yeah while asking not to be saved himself yeah (laughs) um it's interesting i you know the the other coincidental thing that happens, and I, I was ne- I'm never have been clear on this, but when he first gets to Vegas, he almost hits Sarah at a crosswalk. Yeah. Um, and then later, you know, they end up forming this relationship and stuff. But it's never clear whether he goes looking for that particular woman, or whether that's just coincidental as well. I thought he went looking for her. Yeah. But then I, I just like wasn't completely sure yeah i've never been sure on that either it's one of my favorite things in the movie because she she goes over and gives him a hard time about the red light and then she says are you sorry and he says yes and then she says good and then she's walking away she flips him off (laughs) so funny (laughs) there's a lot of that kind of humor in this movie just little interactions that i find humorous and um you know, it's weird, and we talk I about. I don't think of it as like a funny movie, but yeah, it, right. you chuckle a little. Bit. Yeah, there are funny little things in there. You know, Nicolas Cage when he's drunk, he tends to speak in this weird, um, I don't even know what, like British kind of accent or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> in this grand kind of language that is uh, very funny. Um, 
And also, I, there's the, the the scene that I always remember from this movie, and and didn't remember that it's like the one of the very first things, if not the first thing we see, is him in the liquor store loading up that cart with just bottle after bottle of booze and just <laughs> having a grand old time doing it. I will say, yeah, those were so much fun to watch, and it's it fits the tone of the movie really well because he's very captivating. He's not all the way through, but he has these moments like in the liquor store where he's being very charming, mm -hmm. you know, and very charismatic and just a ton of fun to watch. But there's this dark undertone because you know, what is like, you know what he's doing to himself Yeah, with all the alcohol. Like it's just, it, it was very, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also love the, uh, also, at the beginning of the movie, when he's at the bank, um, because he, he, you know, he's he can't he's he's got the shakes and he can't sign the check, and so he makes up some story about having had brain surgery and he's going to go get lunch and come back, yeah. and he goes and have some drinks, and then he's like this real charming, charismatic guy, and he's recording that weird thing <laughs> into yeah. a tape recorder while he's waiting online and stuff. It's it's really he's very he's very good in this movie. Um, and it, it is, uh, like you said, just sort of a, a captivating kind of performance from him. Um, the movie, I do think, is it's more melodramatic than I remember it being. There's a lot of melodrama happening um, throughout this movie. But I, I don't necessarily think it's to the detriment of the film. Like, it's just sort of the kind of movie that it is. Yeah. Um, so I that that you. didn't really bother me. We can't. It's, you know, we don't. I don't think there's a single transition from one scene to another where there's not a song playing. Oh, I didn't even notice uh, the yeah. music very much. I really, I know that you have talked about um, how you are not like a huge stickler for editing, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that always that can like make or break a movie for me. And the editing in this is where my focus was because it was gorgeous. Yeah, like the scene transitions in this are just they're artful. Mm -hmm. I they're chaotic, but it's yeah. a very very beautiful kind of chaos. Like it feels intentional. You know, and yeah. they're just like these little moments. And actually, the scene where he is recording that in the um, <laughs> in line waiting mm -hmm. to talk to the bank teller, that was just it was a beautifully constructed editing scene because you have like these clips of him and everyone kind of leaning in and you know they're kind of intrigued and yeah. horrified and <laughs> and it's intercut with like the bank teller smiling at a different customer so yeah. it's like you're introduced to this like oh there's this immediate different reaction to him as he comes in and is being charming but as it unfolds you kind of realize like she's with someone else and this whole situation is just weird yeah. <laughs> like yeah and it just it works yeah well and then when he walks up to the teller finally she gets this look of disgust on her face <laughs> <laughs> yeah like she's not falling for it yeah you know? well that is something they've done they do really really well and one of my favorite things about this movie um Sort of, uh, you know, just in the in in the uh, the sense of like the d attention to detail, it's easy to get caught up um, in scenes, especially with him and Elizabeth Shue when they're out at, and and talking and kind of carrying on and having a good time together. You kind of get caught up in it from almost from their point of view, and like it's charming and it's funny. But we've all yeah. been in public where there's been somebody who's been like drunk and loud. And they think they're being charming and funny, but they're being really annoying. Yeah. So if you look, whenever those scenes are kind of playing out, all the other people around them are not amused. <laughs> they, <laughs> they want nothing to do with what he's with this guy at all. 
and I and think this, that that was a really brilliant choice. It had to be a choice. It had to be a choice, and it's really, really brilliant because it, it kind of culminates. There's that scene where they're at the motel, and you know they're just having like the she's like playing out his fantasy that he was recording earlier in the movie in yeah, public yeah. for some reason, and like they're having like this really kind of romantic moment that gets you know ruined when he falls through the table and he's like yeah and he's still having a good time you know he's still laughing about it and he's got his <laughs> british accent that he's doing <laughs> he says whoopsie twice um and it's like and he's still having a good time you know and she goes to pick up and she's being really sweet to the woman that comes out and you can tell that that lady is pissed you know and you can and you can see the effect that it has on sarah but it's like it is just kind of this sobering moment you know where yeah all of these things that have kind of been in the background of people judging them is now something that she kind of has to confront and it's yeah. it works really well right and i mean in the time that they're together he gets her banned from that crazy or from that hotel that she likes to visit in the desert and yeah. also from one of the casinos in town <laughs> the casinos. In. um although that one was understandable the casino when he had like a full breakdown there you can't do that yeah. no <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's not good. Um, so yeah, I, I love that little detail. Um, we talked about the about the music though, and I will say, th uh, their budget limitations are. I can't believe you didn't notice the music because they no. only could afford apparently two songs: one by Sting and one by <laughs> Don Henley, and they played them constantly in this movie. I was so sick of hearing Sting and Don Henley uh, <laughs> while this movie was going on. Um, like every single scene transition was either the song by Sting or the one by Don Henley. <laughs> no, I didn't even notice. I oh. mean, I noticed there was a Sting song in the beginning and then I, no, that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it was, it was grating on me. Every time one of those would start playing, I, this fucking song again, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'd never noticed before, but it really, really bugged me, uh, watching it this afternoon. And, um, you know, and, and I kind of mentioned this before, too, but uh, I think they did a really good job at making Ben um, look unhealthy throughout they the movie. Did. As the movie goes on, you can see there's less color in his face. Um, you know, he starts to look like red around the eyes and stuff. Um, and then, of course, the way Nicolas Cage is carrying himself changes, too. Uh, but that I, I thought was just was just perfect. It was impressive. And I, I like too because early in he'll go from looking really sick to looking temporarily better as he drinks. But as yeah. the movie goes on, you know, the better isn't that much better than the being sick. Like he's steadier, but he still looks ill, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I the progression was good on on multiple levels, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I, th I the only other thing that I had to to really touch on was that um, most movies that we see that take place in Las Vegas tend to focus on the glitz and glamour of Vegas, um, and this one does not do that. And I, and I really appreciate that. I really like that. There are a couple other movies that come to mind that do that, but then none of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one does a, a really good job of it. It takes place in Vegas. We see Vegas. They do go out to a casino. Um, so that is part of, of their life there. But we also see a lot of uh, Vegas in the daytime, which is not glitzy or glamorous. It's just the desert. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I think they do a really good job at, at, at sort of taking a look at that or, or that hotel that he stays in when he first gets to town that is $29 a night and just a pit. Um, because we don't see those that side of Vegas in movies often. You know, it's usually somebody's in, staying in the suite at one of the big hotels and uh, they're gambling and having a good time. That's the whole reason they're there. This did have a very distinctive... Uh, like, I, I haven't spent enough time in Vegas to be any kind of an expert on this, but I have been, most of my Vegas experience has been during the day. This felt very authentic to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're kind of there and you're like, this is sort of a weird, sad place sometimes, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, it's it's an odd, it is an odd place. I I used to work with a guy and um he moved to Vegas and I remember talking to him after he moved. I'm like, how are you liking it down there? He goes, I don't know, man, it's weird. And I was like, what do you mean it's weird? And he's like, I drive to work every day, and on my way to work, I pass a pirate ship and a castle and you know, <laughs> part of Paris. It's just weird. <laughs> um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about that we did not touch on? No, I don't think so. I, you know, oh, the one thing, the one, I, because most of the stuff is, I think, inferred or, or we've already kind of touched on like the performances were great the editing was great i i was really impressed with the very unique tone that this movie struck and held for two hours straight uh the one thing i did really want to touch on shawnee smith was there oh yeah yeah that I was wanted such to a that fun too. i i thought i had seen i i thought i was pretty much caught up on shawnee smith appearances and stuff and she as always phenomenal yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that's a that's a great scene too. <laughs> Such a good scene. Yeah, we get more of his sort of uh, you know, uh his his English accent and his uh, big fancy talking words and stuff <laughs> <laughs> until he gets headbutted in the face. Um <clears throat> yeah, I, I actually meant to to mention that too. I, I don't I did not remember that she was in this movie, but uh, I was very happy to see her show up even though it's a very small role for her. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I I liked seeing her. I always like seeing her and stuff because I feel like she's phenomenal. Yeah, but. yeah, she's great. Um, all right, let's uh let's jump into the bees for leaving Las Vegas. Okay. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! We give uh, each movie two scores. The first is the Nick Cage score, and that is a. Score of not only Nicolas Cage's performance, but the film's use of Nicolas Cage. And then uh, the second score will be a score for the movie overall. Cap, uh, we'll start with you and your Nick Cage score for Leaving Las Vegas. I'm going to give it a 9.5, I think, for, the, uh, for Leaving Las Vegas. There is okay. not a lot that I would... Th there's not a lot more I would have asked uh, from him for this. Uh, I... I feel like the role reined him in a little bit um, just because as we've established many, many times, my favorite Nicolas Cage is the balls to the wall, crazy screaming Nick Cage. Um, and it let him have moments of this that were like really fun. I, I don't think that it was like overly restrictive for him, but I do wish there had been moments where, where I could have seen a little bit more of that. Just like, uh, I wish I could have felt his 
decision making for the character a little bit more is like the one thing mm-hmm. that I would have wanted on a checklist on like a dream checklist of Nick Cage. That's the one thing I would have liked to see more. But honestly, I think the movie used him really well. I think he did incredible in the role. It was very believable. It was very captivating. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He's um funny enough, I also had a 9.5 for a Nicolas Cage score for this movie. Um I, I do, uh, I, I was kind of missing the big Nicolas Cage over-the-top explosion moments. Um, we don't get nearly enough of that in this movie. It is um, reined in, but that's what this movie is, and that's what this role needs. Yeah. Um, you know, if if he tries to do some of that stuff, I mean, you know, like, if he had big fake teeth and a weird accent <laughs> like Peggy Sue got married, this movie sucks, right? I, I would not have wanted to watch two hours of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so not every role, not every movie requires that. He does exactly what the role requires. Uh, the movie couldn't have used him, I don't think, in any better way. It's There's basically, for the most part, two characters in this movie, <laughs> and he's one of them, you know? Um and he gives uh he gives a, a great performance. So yeah, he got the Oscar for it. It's a nine point five. Yeah. Um what what about Las uh leaving Las Vegas as a film? So I, I had a harder time giving the film a score because the film I there's not a lot that I would have changed. Um, but it's also I, I had to rein in my score a little bit because I was gonna go like I, I was gonna go really just like I thought about giving it a 10 because I came out of it really impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I calmed it down a little bit uh, because it's it's not the kind of movie that I would watch. There were a couple small things that did, you know, like we talked about, I felt the runtime a little bit on this one. Uh, there were a couple things that I'm not sure made a ton of sense. Uh, I came down to a nine. Like, it is okay. solid. It is really good. I, I'm glad to have finally seen it. All right. Um, so I also thought about giving it a 10, and then I thought uh, maybe I should rein the score in a little bit uh, because there were a few um, complaints that I had about the movie. But the more I thought about it, uh, the more I realized that all of the things that I had to complain about were um, very minor, small things, and um, I just absolutely love this movie still. So I did give it a 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas gets a 10. And I believe um, that, yes, that's the second movie I've given a 10 out of 10 to. That is the second one. I was wondering how you were going to score it because it felt like you had more attachment to this one uh, than Raising Arizona, which mm-hmm. I believe was your other 10. It was, yes. The, the yeah. other thing that limited, that reined me in finally was because, like, if I had to watch it, it if I had to, if someone made me watch a Nicolas Cage movie, um, <laughs> no, no, but like, if I were going to rewatch one, right? Like, you know, if you're like, cat, put on a really good Nick Cage movie. I'm not entirely sure I would choose this over Birdie. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a better movie, but I feel like I'd be more inclined to watch Birdie. So. Well, yeah, and also it depends on who you're talking about. If somebody says put on a really good Nicolas Cage movie, you got to make sure they're the right kind of person you can sit down and watch this movie with. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. I just, I really do love this movie. I've always loved this movie. Um, so, yeah, that is my second 10 out of 10. And as I look through the scores quickly... Uh, you have yet to give out a 10. I've yet to give out uh, a 10. And I'm handing them out like Halloween candy over here. <laughs> so uh, that's that's sort of odd. Have you even given out a 10 on any of the performance? I haven't given a 10. 
Actually, I haven't given a 10 out of any of the performances. No, Nick Cage scores or none of them have been a 10 yet. This was the second one, though, that I've had to be like where I've ha- thought about giving a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost gave it both for the uh, Nicolas Cage score and for the movie. Like I, I, I dialed myself back. I think if I had gotten any... I think if I had gotten to the movie any later, like if I had come in directly after watching this, this might have been a 10 across the board yeah. for me. Because like that was my initial reaction. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I I did debate giving it a 10 also for the Nick Cage score, but ultimately um, I, I pulled it back to that 9.5. Uh, but it, it's real close. It is, um, yeah, super close. Uh, so that's Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, I loved it. It seems like Kat really liked it as well. Really did. So um, I think we could both recommend that uh, if you are a yes. fan of Nicolas Cage and you can handle depression. If you can handle being sad. Also, this is one of my uh, dad's favorite movies, uh-huh. uh, which makes a lot of sense because uh, my dad always likes these really just depressing movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it should so, have been it should have been a warning sign for me going yeah, in. <laughs> it's gonna known. be sad. You but the other known. one when we started this podcast and I told my dad about it, like the two he was excited for me to get to were leaving Las Vegas and raising Arizona. So uh-huh. like with the last one in mind, I was like, Well, maybe it's gonna be funny. And it like it was not laugh out loud <laughs> funny like raising Arizona yeah. was. Those are the two movies I gave a ten. Me and your dad should hang out. <laughs> I think so. And you have like uh Doing killer beats too. Like when you brought Warren Zevon, it's like you might yeah. like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dad seems pretty cool. All right. Um, so that <laughs> that is leaving Las Vegas. Next week we will be talking about the 1996 movie Michael Bay's The Rock. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> have you uh have you seen The Rock before? I've I've not seen The Rock before. I feel like this is going to be a very different vibe than this movie. This is a this is an extremely different vibe than Leaving Las Vegas, uh, but it is a, a movie I've seen many times and uh, not in a while. So I'm kind of looking forward to revisiting it. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this one is this one of the ones that went into the Criterion Collection and people were pissed about it. <laughs> it I might have Rock- been. I think The Rock may have. Um, anyway, uh, we'll I'll look and see if I can find something about that. But that's what we'll be talking about next week. Um, Kat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at um, Kat underscore Valor. Uh, you can also check out my website, catvalor.com. Um, I've got books and stuff. So, All right. You sure do. You've got, uh, um, uh, what is it, uh, uh, what's the mo- book you did, the shark book? Uh, puppet shark. Puppet shark. There's so many shark, shark things. I got I got it lost in my mind. <laughs> I know. Um. All right. So yeah, check out Puppet Shark. That that sounds yeah. fun. Um. I had a lot of fun working on it. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. It seems right up your alley. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh pretty much all social media. I am at Radio Rob One Two Three. You can find me there. Um. You can also listen to the other show that Cat and I do together, all about horror movies. Um called slasher radio why am i blanking on the name of everything i almost forgot the name of our show <laughs> <laughs> oh no our, but our uh, last but, episode was so much better than the episode before that so <laughs> it was yeah um anyway uh yeah we need to wrap this up before the alzheimer's takes my brain today um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh so yeah you can you can find that wherever you're listening to the nick fucking woo cage cast again it's all about horror movies It's called Slasher Radio, and uh, I guess that's going to do it for us. Um, We'll be back next week to talk about The Rock.